This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So you know that, um, well, we'll talk about it a little bit. You know that I met Shem, I wrote a book together um, with Hashem and Finkelman on gratitude. I, want, I wanted to call it um, Gratitude, Not Attitude. But um, article felt it was a little too strong. So, um, so I wanted that to be the title. It's a little bit too strong. Maybe we'll write, we'll write a different book called Gratitude. But anyway, so this is our Karth Atoh book. It's, amazing. it's not amazing because I wrote it. It's Rabbi Shimon Finkelman. And we did it in, a, um, in a, uh, a lesson a day. So you can learn every single day one lesson. And as I've told you before, I really feel that, that gratitude, um, Karth Atoh, is for sure, there's no question, is the, the main ingredient in any relationship. You can't be married if husband and wife don't appreciate each other. You can't bring up children if you don't appreciate your children and your children don't appreciate you. You definitely can't have a, a relationship with God um, if you don't appreciate Him. He definitely appreciates us, which I will talk a little bit. I think that the, the greatest in the last generation who wrote on gratitude, who wrote on across the Tov, was Rabbi Avig de Miller, Oliver Shalom. Um, I'll talk. Yes. One of the first year of my Right. Well, that's well. You'll see it in the book. That's that's um, in the beginning of the creation of the world. In the creation of the world. In the beginning of the creation of the world. So, um, so God asked um, asked Adam, you know. Um, how do you know that you're not dressed? How do you, you know? How do you, and he said, um, I ate from the tree. And Hashem said, you, you know, he didn't say ate from the tree. He said, the woman who you gave me, who you gave me as a present, gave to me to eat from the tree. And Rashi says there that that was, that was a kafwi tov. That was somebody who did not appreciate. Um, because what he should have said is, the woman gave me to eat from the tree. Why do you throw back to God the woman who you gave me? That's called kafrito. That's like if you gave your child an ice cream and then the kid got the ice cream all over their clothing and you're like, I don't understand what, you know. And the kid says, well, it's your fault, Ma. You bought me the ice cream and you didn't buy me the ice cream. I couldn't have done this. That's called a kafrito. <laughs> you give your kid the car, you understand, and they do something with the car and it's like, it's your, it's your fault you gave me the car. So that's what, that's what Adam did. Adam said, the woman you gave me, supposed to be my Asia Kinegdo, you know, she gave me from the tree. And that's when, um, it's not in my book, what I'm telling you, because we cannot find the source. For, and and Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Finkelman, um, the way he writes books is he will not write anything that has no source. So um, I didn't see it anywhere. Maybe I did. I, I, I could not find it for him. But what happens is that God says to Adam, when he curses him, he says, May Afwa, you come from dust and you're going to dust. Now, he wasn't called Afar, he was called Adam. So what, what was this punishment? In other words, everything that God does is Mida connected Mida, right? What, 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 what you do is what, whatever you did wrong, that's how you get punished. By your own hand, by what you did. So Hashem is very into Mida connected Mida. So what's Mida connected Mida? He was Kafri Tov. He said, the woman who you gave me, right? So he's unappreciative. How would, you, how would you say that a good English word for Kafri Tov? Um, ungrateful, ungrateful. So he was, um, he was very ungrateful. So how's the punishment dust? That you're going to go in, that you're going to go and become dust. Where's the meter connected me though? Right? So, so when I learned this, when I, and I've spoken this many times. So where's the meter connected me the dust and, 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 and ungrateful? And the answer is that 
Why are we called Adam? Why are we all called Adam, right? Because we come from the Adama. Hashem took the Adama and He made a human being. The ground was created way before the human being was created. So, there are four levels in the world. There is something called Medaber. That's the highest level. That's us. There's something called Chai, which is an animal. And then there's something called Tzomeach, which is a plant. And then there's something called, um, which is like a stone and a, uh, something that, that has no life, I guess. What? An inanimate object, right? And that's called the domain. So, so those are the four different levels. So dirt, the ground is the lowest level. It's called it's domain. It's, it's rocks and dirt and sand. Then comes the tzameach. So what comes out of the dirt? A plant. Then the animal eats the plant. Then we eat the animal. We don't have to eat the animal, whatever it is. Those are the four, those are the four levels. So the way God created the world, earth, Adama, the potential of Adama is to grow, right? You put a seed, tomato seed, something grows. You put a cucumber seed, you put in wheat, you put in a, uh, a flower, whatever you put in there. And, and it's fascinating. I was in somebody's house today, Muncie. He's very organic. And um, so he has all these plants growing. So he has, he has spearmint, he has regular mint, he has um, all these different plants. And he would take the leave and he said, make a, you know, make a bracha atzim something. And I was smelling like six different plants. And every then, jasmine, a purple plant. I never smelled a jasmine plant before. Amazing, amazing. It's, it's, it it's smells wonderful. like perfume. It's wonderful, it's right? Wonderful. So, what? Yeah, they make perfumes out of it. I know. So I don't need jasmine. People jasmine look at me. tea. They'll be. No, I'm not it, drinking that. It's it smells <laughs> smell good, but but anyway, but but anyway. So so, and I'm thinking to myself. I got into my car. I left Muncie, and I'm like, how does that work? All these six plants are coming from the earth, and the and the earth doesn't have different smells. And the earth is producing, they're all, they're all like, you have them planted all next to each other. So you got spearmint and jasmine and all these other different plants. You had lemongrass, which smells amazing, right? And all these different smells are coming out of the earth. So the, the earth, whatever you put into it, it produces. It doesn't ask questions, right? It produces all these different smells. And why not Hashem do that? Like, like grass doesn't have a smell and most leaves don't have a smell. But Hashem, He loves us so much that we don't appreciate it because these things don't smell. And this is what we're busy with the whole day, right? The iPhone 5, 6, 7 has no smell. Yet. Yet. What? They're making it with the smell. Okay. I was wondering how long that would take. A guy came over to me yesterday. I came out of shul. He goes, Robert Wallstein, he had this like weird, like a very big phone. And I said, what is that? He says, waterproof. You can drop it in a pool, and it goes to the bottom of the pool for an hour. Nothing, nothing will happen to it. I'm like, wow! It's like no, even the the marble would not destroy. Like, <laughs> so like the marble would come to the world, everybody would die. All the animals, everybody, be a bunch of iPhones floating on the water. Any messages? Any messages? You know? So, so he's like so proud. He said, "You see, people, people drop their phones in the toilet bowl, in the bathtub, wherever it is." doesn't matter. Just reach in, take it out, and it's still working. Amazing. Amazing. So they don't have any smells, and they don't have any growth. You can plant them, they, don't, they have absolutely no growth, just the opposite. But, but I, was just, I, was, I was like, it's, it's, it's so amazing. So when Hashem created the world, the first thing He created was Adama. 
right? And Adama, in the ground, there is, there is so much potential. So a human being is called an Adam because we also start off as a seed, the same way a seed goes into the ground, we start off as a seed, and then the potential of growth is, is amazing. So we were called Adam. But then, what do we do? We were coupling toe. We said, you know, what you gave me, look, look what you did to me. So, what God was telling us, Mida Kenegan Mida, is that a coupling toe is not Adama. That a person who's ungrateful has no potential for growth. Afar is dust. You can plant whatever you want in dust. Nothing grows in dust. So the Mida Kenega Mida is, you were Adama. You became a Kafli Toe. What's your punishment? Your punishment is that if you're a Kafli Toe, you have no potential. And what happens to a person when you put him into the Adama? He rots. And that's the punishment. That you didn't have Akarasato. So when you take a person's body after 120 years and you put him in the ground, you were Adam, you were put into the ground, you didn't have Akarasato, there's nothing going to grow there. But if a person does mitzvahs and a person does what he's supposed to do, so the Mida Kenege Mida is that even though you put into the Adama and the body rots, but one day there'll be Tchias HaMesim. Because Eitz Chaim Hila Machazikim Ba. Eitz Chaim, what is the tree that's going to give you back life? That's the Torah. So that the punishment of Adam is that you will be put into the ground where things grow, but nothing's going to grow from that. Just the opposite. You're going to decompose. Because there's no growth in Kafuito. And you see it, I mean, I'm not saying this generation worse than any other generation, but I am saying that because, because we had a certain appreciation for our parents. Today, um, I hear it all the time, like, like parents are like, why should I buy you this iPhone? Like, why do you need to have a better phone than me? And they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You have to. I'm your kid. Isn't that what parents are here for? I mean, you have to give this to me. You have to give me the car, you have to give me the car. And his husband and wife also like, what do you mean you cook? What do you mean you make supper? Like, you know, you have to make supper. What do you mean you didn't cover the mortgage? You have to. So there's this expectation, right? And when you expect something and it doesn't happen, then you become you become very, very ungrateful. What? Is that on? Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, we'll get to this soon. Yeah. Sit next to me on the chair. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother me. So anyway, so I'm sorry. So that's why I felt very strong. And, and, and for, I see there's a lot of new faces here tonight. So, so I'm reading this story about Achashverosh, this Goyish non-Jewish king who was a murderer. And, and, and hated the Jews more than Haman did because he wouldn't even take money. You know, he killed, wanted to kill us for free. And, and, and this guy has a, a safe as a chronos. Every single night he writes in a book what someone did good for him. And, and the one night he could not sleep was, he, he get, imagine anyone in this room, including me, right? You're tossing and you're turning and you can't sleep. And you're like, why can't I sleep? Well, first of all, you're going to go downstairs and, you know, maybe that's right, you don't do that anymore. We used to drink a tea, hot milk. Now, today it's an ambient. Pop it. Have a good day. You're dead. You know, you're dead, you know, or NyQuil or whatever a person has to do. But 
you're not, you're, why can't I sleep? Because I have a test tomorrow, because I don't know if this guy's going to say yes, I don't know this, I don't know that. But no, we're not going to wake up and say, oh my goodness, if I can't sleep, someone did me something good and I didn't say thank you. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night because someone didn't say thank you. And here's this, this Achash Dreyros, this terrible king who, who can't sleep. He calls over and he says, if I can't sleep, I want my Sefer Zichronos, my book that I write, my diary where I write everyone that does me good. It must be, if I can't sleep, that there's someone in that book that did me good that I didn't pay back. And when I, when I gave this share, everyone here that knows, it bothered me that he can't sleep because he knows that someone did good and he didn't thank him. And I'm a Jewish like guy and I have Midos and I learned all these Sifri Musr and I can sleep. <laughs> and I don't write anything down. I don't write, you know, most we don't write diaries. So that's when I came up with this idea that I need to write a book on the importance of being grateful, being thankful. Hakosatov also means recognition. Recognizing the good, not just, you know, recognizing it because sometimes it's very hard to recognize so there are stories in the book of like things that didn't look so good and we're going to talk this is why am I telling you this first of all I want to sell the book but no the reason, the reason I'm telling you this because it's very connected to this week's parasha you don't mind right you're, you're good we're cool Next week, yeah to get to the poem okay so it's very it's very very connected to this week's parasha why is it connected to this week's parasha because you haven't heard that word that in a few generations. They don't know. What do you mean it's cool? It's cold? What does that mean? Right. That's our generation. Right, right, right. It's cool. They're like, huh? Right. Then it went, it's cool. Then it went, it's radical. And today, I don't know. Then it was, it's fat, P-H-A-T. And now I don't know what they say anymore. But anyway, so, so yeah, it used to, be, used to be connected a little bit. So how am I connecting this all, right? Hakar Satov and, and all this and, and not being grateful. So, so Hakarzatov means that sometimes, sometimes things look bad, and Hakarzatov means recognizing in the bad, you know, that they're recognizing in the bad that there's good. And we spoke about Yosef Atzadik that he went down to Mitzrayim, and instead of being normally in the in the tar, he was in the in the in the spices in the summit. So even though it was going bad, he recognized the good. What does this have to do with what does that have to do with this week's parsha? And that's really what the book is all about. And then we have something else coming out of Sefer Zechronos, where every one of you, Mitz Hashem, you get a book and. It's sort of a diary, but inside is Kriyashma Alamita. So when you, when you go to sleep and you say Kriyashma Alamita, it's being done in a very beautiful way. So there's this book, and every single day it has the day, and then it has a line, mother, father, sister, brother, family, God, where you just write in a little short thing. And then in Rosh Hashanah, after a year of writing this, right, you're going to open up that book, Erev Rosh Hashanah, and you're going to have a lot of people to call that you have, would have never called because you would have forgotten what they did for you. And Rosh Hashanah, you're going to bring your machzer, and I hope to see this, because I'm going to do it. You're going to bring your machzer with your safest the Chronos. It's going to have your little name on the outside in gold leaf, right? And you're going to put it down next to your machzer. You're going to say, because it says that God in the Sanatokov, which is the scariest tefillah, right? It says that God opens up everybody's Sefer Zichronos. The same book that Achashverosh had called Sefer Zichronos, Hashem has called the Sefer Zichronos. And we know that um, for him, when it says in the Megillah HaMelech, and it doesn't say the word Achashverosh, it talks about Hashem. So Hashem has a Sefer Zichronos of every one of us, and we open it up. So I'm figuring on this. If I have a Sefer Zichronos, and all I wrote in it is good things. This one did me good, this one did me good. I was in the store today. I had no money on me, right? I had like $6, and it was $7, the item that I bought. And I said to them, could I owe you a dollar, right? And the lady looked up at me and said, you I trust, 
right? So it was really my lunch. Now, had she said no, I would have had to put everything back. So, like, that sounds like a very little thing, right? No, I would have to go back to my office to get the money, to go back. I probably wouldn't have bought the whole thing anyway, altogether. So she said, it's a little thing. She said, no problem, you'll pay tomorrow, next week, whatever it is, it's good. I would have written that in my book tonight. So there's a lady who owns a store who said, you know what? Now, to you, it's very little. But to me, it would have been I would have to go schlep all the way back there and go through this whole thing. So all of a sudden, you have the safest of corners about little things. And all of a sudden, you open this up on Rosh Hashanah, and you're like, Hashem, my safest of corners is Wallerstein. See that outside it says? Zechariah Wallerstein. My safest of corners is full of good things that everyone did. It only has good things written in this book. So, Mida Kenegah, Mida Hashem, in my safest of corners, you can only look at the good things. I say, it's going to be the biggest schooler that ever happened. Seriously. Because everything works, me the connected me So if all I look at at the end of the day and put in my book is all the good, the me the connected me because I, I, don't, I didn't write all the bad things people did to me today. This one embarrassed me, this person hurt my feelings. I didn't write that in the book. I only wrote good things. So Hashem, I know I have things in my book that are not so good. You can't read them on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. I feel it's the biggest schooler. We'll see. See what happens. Now, what does this have to do with this week's parsha? So, uh, let me tell you what it has to do with this week's parsha. First of all, I do have to say that tonight, we, we're, 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 I'm, afterwards, I'm going to do all the all the refuah shalemas. But I got a text, and um, for someone very close that I need to say their name. Hold on a second. Refuah shalema. Okay. Refuah shalema for the name. For David, David Eli, David Eliyahu Benhenya. David, David Eliyahu Benhenya is having his right foot amputated tomorrow morning. So we should all daven that they should decide not to amputate his foot tomorrow morning. But if they have to, it should go, it should go okay. Nothing more. Okay, David Eliyahu Benhenya, please have him in your, in your tvilos. So all of us tomorrow morning when you wake up, and you get out of bed, and you have David Eliyahu Ben Hanya. All of us, you get out of bed tomorrow morning, you have two feet. Someone tomorrow morning going to a hospital who's losing a foot. You have to get up and you have to thank Hashem, I have two feet to take me to the bathroom. Because you can't take it for granted. And you can't take going to the bathroom for granted. I was just listening to a shir from uh, Rabbi Boonam Cohen, who was very close to Rabbi Miller, and he said that Rabbi Miller's morning... Just getting up in the morning to watch him in the morning was something unbelievable. Because when he would get, when he would wake up, his moda'ani would, would shake the house. Why? Because he would say, what's moda'ani? You thank Hashem that you got neshama back. Who the, what's a person's neshama? It's part of God, right? So like, oh my gosh, God, God this morning took part of him and, 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 he, and he put him in me. Remember, Victor Miller was like, that's crazy. Another day, so he, he gave a beautiful example. He said, imagine, right, of Chaim Kainesky. So when you go to Chaim Kainesky today, you get a bracha, right? So he, he says two words, you know? Shlokha bracha. Shlokha bracha. Next, shlokha bracha, right? Imagine if Chaim Kainesky would, would give you an hour walking through B'nai Brak together with you, talking to you for an hour, right? First of all, you'd be in every, in Yatted, in every single paper in the middle. You know, the middle of the pictures would have the Gadol Hadar walking with the Chaya Wallstein and B'nai Brak, right? Everyone would have, forget about it. 
right? Every, I'd be in every magazine. And he gave me an hour to walk with me. The Galador, so the Miller said, the Galador, Hashem is walking with you the whole day. He gave you back in the Shama. He's walking with you the whole day. And you're not going crazy? You got up in the morning and he put you in the Shama back. He's walking with you a whole day, a whole day till you go to sleep. You know, Shama goes up, right? He's with you the whole day. How could you not be jumping up and down? I was like, wow. He was, I mean, he, in Hakar Satov, he was, right? Then he says, then you go to the bathroom, right? And you come out of the bathroom, if you say Ashiyatza, right? He says, Ashiyatza? It says, Rofe Chobasa Umafli Lassos, the end of the bracha, right? Who heals all people. What do you mean? All people are sick? What does that mean he heals all people? That means all people are sick. If you're saying Rafei Chobasa, that means everybody's sick. So he says, you don't, you don't understand that, that we all are sick. Everything in our body, a million things can go wrong. So that nothing is going wrong is Takarufu. And he says, and, 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 and it's very sad because yesterday I happened to have been sitting with a very big doctor who's a, who's a diabetic, he's a nephrologist, also a, a, a kidney doctor. And, and how many people are never on, on you know, dialysis? dialysis. You know, you know what dialysis does to a person? If you have to and, and there are people whose kidneys just stop working outside of diabetes. He said, you're connected to a machine your whole life. You can't go to, you can't fly somewhere for three days because every 20, 48 hours, you've got to be on that machine for three, four hours. So you're connected to a machine. Your whole life changes. Every day, some people never have to have it every day, every second day. We forget about the infections and everything else. So you're connected to a machine. Every two days, you have to be in a dialysis center and not every place in the world no you're not going on a 10 day safari in South Africa if you need dialysis you can't go you can't go you can't go for 10 days so you're connected to a machine so you come out of the bathroom every morning and your kidneys are working and you're not connected to nothing and you can go away for 10 days and for 2 weeks you can go away to a city that doesn't have dialysis it's amazing so you just come out of Ashayotza you should come out dancing. I am not connected to a machine. And people who can't go to the bathroom, and, 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 and for two, three days they can't go to the bathroom, and they got to take this medicine, and that medicine, and cramps, and pain. And you can go to the bathroom, and, and all the machinery is working. So he says, by the time Rabbi Miller over Shalom got to Ashiyotza, he was so jumping up already, because Modani, I'm, I'm walking with Hashem all day. Everything is working. He said, forget about that he could see, because Rabbi Miller used to speak about the eyes a lot, that, the, that you have two cameras. Forget about this stupid machine. You have two cameras, left, right, up, down. Unbelievable. Light, dark, your, your, your pupils open, closed. He said, there's like a million different things going on in your eyes every second. So is that a person can see, that a person can walk? So that's how Karas HaTov. That's the basis of a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch If you don't appreciate anything, then there's no relationship. When people say to me, like, how do you know there's a God? I'm like, you are so ungrateful. You are so disconnected. If there are five plants next to each other in a couple of inches of dirt and each one smells differently, hello? It happened from a bunch of monkeys? You know, plant, like, what, what, it happened from an explosion in space? All these different flowers? Forget about all the foods and everything else. You, you don't have appreciation. If you don't have appreciation, you disconnect. If you disconnect, it's like, okay, you know, if I don't appreciate my wife, I don't appreciate, you get totally disconnected. So what does this have to do with this week's parasha? So I want to tell you. And that's my book. And, and, and you know, we, we have, I have to say thank you to all the people out there. 
because it's 360 days. There's a, there's a 180 lessons times times two, which is 360 days, and um, everybody we, we're selling dedication of every single day, like a lesson a day, and um, it's 360 dollars a day. I figure it's going to be take a very very long time. So far, it's one week that we're selling it. We sold one third of the book. 120 120 days have been bought. Now, if anybody wants to buy a day for for whatever reason, you need to know that I can't sell the day twice. So if someone has a yard site or a birthday or an anniversary, there's 120 days that I can't sell anymore. So if someone's interested in doing this, in this book, um, this dedication, then you need to call them as soon as you can because people are already calling and they're like, we don't have that day. So anyone who's interested, it's it's Lailam. It's not like we're going to re- write another book. It's That book in Mitzvah Shem will have the name in it. If anybody wants to take a month, the whole month, so it's like $5,000 to do the whole month, which is really a good deal because 30 days times $360 is $10,000. It's only $5,000. But, but the dedication on the bottom, you can write Lezechenishma's birthday anniversary, but you can't write a whole story about, about the person. It's only three lines. The person takes a, a monthly, so then you have a whole page you can write. You can write whatever you want. The money goes to um, help spread Hakar Satov in a very big way. We're not just doing this as a book. Um, we're going to have an app even though I'm not really for an app because of what I speak about, but Lemaisa, most people today do not know, even know how to write into a diary. So we're figuring that if there's an app, you can just type it, text it, and the app has the ability that, let's say your mother was, or whoever it is, you push a button and the, the thank you goes to that person. So it's very cool. Um, and the safe is the So I, and I intend to go into schools and talk about this, talk about this, talk about little kids and little kids, little kids. Because I hear all the time, my mother's job, my father's job is to buy this for me. It's my husband's job. It's my wife's job. Since when, is this, so since when are we given jobs? We, we, we give birth, we have children. We don't, we don't, we don't have jobs, right? Well, what do you mean? So, my, my, my father doesn't have to give me $100 a week allowance? What's wrong with you? I'm like, $100 a week allowance? It's a lot of money. What do you mean? It's his job. I'm like, okay, it's his job. It's not his job. It's not his job. Actually, the halacha... At the halacha, once a person's a gadol, you can they don't you don't have to support them at all. It's a halacha. Well, he tells you that all the time. Yeah? Not three, twelve, twelve. Not three, not three. Anyway, it's not a job. Yeah. So, so this is one of the things that they talk about. It's Hashem's job. What do you mean? You put me on the world. So, so you got to give me food and clothing and money and house and everything else. It's your job. And Hashem's saying, no. I put you on this world. You're an adam. You have crazy potential. And that's why you're on this world. You're, you're here to, to live your potential, and everybody in this room can make someone smile in this world. And everyone in this room can save somebody's life, even though you don't think so. Just by saying thank you and just by smiling, I can tell you a thousand stories on a smile and a thank you and a, just a moment of caring about someone, how it changes a person's life. I, I mean, people call me all the time, like, you changed my life. I'm like, I don't even know you. How did I change your life? Maybe because I don't know you, I changed your life. And they're like, no, no. I listened to, your, I listened to your, one of your speeches and whatever it is, and it gave me chizik. And I'm like, I don't, even, I don't even know the person. I don't even know what they're going through. You don't know. You, it's, and that's the greatness of being in this world and being a person. You, you plant seeds all the time. You plant seeds all the time. You don't realize it. And after 120 years, and that's what it says, Kol Yisrael yeshlehem chelek l'olam habo. What does that mean, chelik? Every person has chelik lo'elam haba. What does that mean? 
So we all have a chelik olam it means Hashem gives you a field. Everybody in this room, in Gan Eden, you have a beautiful field. But that's it. It's an empty field. Everybody has a chelik in Olam Hava. What you plant, you will see after 120 years. You will see people that you help that you're like, I don't even know this person. That's right. But you said good morning and she was about to hurt herself and all of a sudden somebody cared about her. There are so many stories by the Kaisal and other places where, where just the chizik and you don't even know about it and after 120 years you're going to be like, I, I, what's going on over there? That's the chizik. But at the same time, you can hurt people and you can plant thorns and boulders and pitfalls. So when you get up to the next world, you will see your field because you are Adam. You are earth. Earth has the power to grow. And that's what we were called Adama. And the minute he started being a Kofi Tov, he was called, he was called Uffer immediately. And then Hashem asked him to name his wife. And he named her Chava, Ki Eim Kochai. Instead of naming her Misa because she brought Misa to the world, not, not life. And he, why? Because he focused on every woman, everyone in this room, right? Women go through a lot of pain to be able to bring children into the world, right? So Adam was like, even though she brought death to the world, because she gave me to eat from the tree, but at the end of the day, all the children are going to be born. She's going to be the one. I'm not going to be the one. She's going to be the one. So he focused on her positive. So he fixed his kafei tov. Next pasuk, Hashem says to the malachim, he's Adam. He's no longer Afar. He's Adam. What, makes, what gives a person's potential is that a person has recognition and across the tov and appreciation. A person doesn't have appreciation. It's, it's, it's not the person. In other words, you don't have to say thank you to me. It's not for me. I should not need a thank you from you. When someone does something right, it's not to get a thank you. But the person themselves, if they don't thank, it's, it's a bad meter in them. It's not, you don't have to say, I don't need to thank you. I don't even need to thank you. See, even if you write in the book, right? It's a nice, don't get me wrong, you, it's, it's a nice thing to do. But even if you write in the book certain thank yous, you can't tell that person. For whatever reason, you can't tell that person, thank you, right? But you wrote it in the book, you're going to grow. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't hit the water, even the water has no feelings. It's going to make you grow. And all of a sudden, you're going to be able to thank people. The biggest gedolim, thank for the... I remember I used to take Rosh Hashiva to, to a wedding, right? And, 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 and he wouldn't stop thanking me. You know? I'd give anybody a ride. Like, he would thank me like I, like I put him in a first-class, I don't know, plane and, and took him there. They didn't stop thanking you. And like, I, I, Rosh Hashiva, it's okay, I took you to a wedding. No, thank you so much, and, and so nice, and you drove so well. I'm not such a good driver, right? And just, just this, that's the meter of a tzaddik. So, this week's parasha is chukas. And it talks about the paraduma. And it's something that I talk, and then we're going to read the poem. You're going to close tonight, okay? What? You're the closer. You're going to close tonight. Yeah, oh, and then Miriam's going to going to give us three minutes. You're going to speak about the three boys that are, that are, that are missing. So, I have you can have two poems, no problem. <laughs> okay, listen carefully to this Rashi. I talk about it all the time. We're going to look at it a little bit different. So, this week's parish is about the paraduma. What's the paraduma? If somebody is Tomei, it's a red cow, and it couldn't have more than two white ears or black ears or any ears but red ears, and it could never have a yoke. You know, yoke is where they pull... The, the, the oxen, they pull, they, they pull the plows. You could never have a yoke on it. And it's brought down that when Mashiach's time, there will be a paraduma. 
I remember growing up, there was on a kibbutz, they found there was a paraduma, a cow that was born all red, and that was it. Everybody was, I remember in yeshiva we heard, there's a paraduma that was born in Eretz Yisrael. The whole world, all the Jews were talking about it. And we were very, very, very excited. It was very, very young, and then it, by the time it grew of age, it had a few black hairs and a few gray hairs. We were in Zeicha, but it was born, it was totally red. But we were in Zeicha. Okay. So, Rashi says, so, so how does this work? So you have this paraduma, and it's a carbon, and then you burn the ashes, and the ashes you sprinkle with water on the person who's Tameh. The person who's Tameh becomes pure, and the Kohen, who sprinkles the water, becomes Tameh. So it's a little bit, yeah. And how does he become pure? We have to do it to him. Well, he, you know, he just has to go to, to Mikra and wait a day, whatever it is. But he becomes Tameh. Now, doesn't sound very fair, does it? Right? Also, this sounds pretty impossible. If the water, if the water makes the person tame, who's unpure, clean, the guy who's sprinkling this water that has this power to make unclean clean, he surely should be clean. He's clean. How could the water that makes this person clean make the person who's sprinkling it unclean? If it has the power to make clean, so the guy who's clean, surely when he touches the water should be clean. So paraduma is called a chayk. We have no idea the answer. Only the only one who knew the answer was Moshe Rabbeinu Shlomo Melech. Try to figure out Moshe Rabbeinu knew the answer. Now there's a Rashi here that's very hard to understand. But we're going to learn it. I learn it every year. See, we're going to learn it a little bit different. Rashi says the following. So the, the, the parsha this week starts off. This is the chok. This is the one law, the law in the Torah you'll never understand, even though. There are many laws in the Torah we do not understand what's the mitzvah of sending a mother away and taking the babies. That's, that's a huge chok. Like, that's, that's nice. Like, right? You understand? We don't understand the mitzvah of tzitzes. We don't understand a lot of mitzvahs, right? That we, just, we don't understand the reason. Really, linen and wool, why you can't wear them together? Who does it bother? We don't understand the reason. The Talmud Hagim says Kayin was linen because he brought a carbon of, 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 uh, of, of plants. And Heva was considered wool because he brought an animal, so that was wool and linen, you should put it together. But even the Talmud Hagim says this, he says it's not really the reason. We don't, know, we, don't know, we don't know reasons, right? We don't know reasons. So of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, why are you picking this one? Why are you picking, this is the chok in the Torah. So Rashi says the following, I'll tell you why, he says, the fisha has satan Yisrael, the satan and all the goyim bother the Jews, saying, ma mitzvah what's this mitzvah and what's the reason? Therefore, because of Achukah, this is the chayk that Hashem wants us to, to, to read here. And Hashem says, Hashem says, I don't want you thinking about this. I don't want you to try to figure out why the good guy becomes bad and the bad guy becomes good. I don't want you to try to figure that out. It's a gzeirah, means, Wallstein, don't even think about it. Don't research it. Don't check it out. Gzeirah, you're not allowed to check this out. So I remember when I was a kid learning this Rashi, I was laughing. My Rebbe taught this, I was laughing. He's like, what's so funny? I'm like, Rebbe, the Satan comes to me a lot. <laughs> and he's got a lot of questions about a lot of things. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Come on, let's hang out, right? He never came to me and said, Zechariah Wallerstein, what's the deal with Paraduma? How many of the girls in this room did the Satan come to you and say, what's the deal with Paraduma? If you raised your hand, I still wouldn't believe you. <laughs> he comes to you and asks you a lot of other questions, but not that question. Now, Rashi says, the reason this one's picked out 
is because this is the one that the Satan bothers you. Not only that, the Gayim, the Umas they also bother you. Did anyone in college or where you work ever come over and you say, you're Jewish? Yeah. What's the deal with the red heifer? Like, what's the deal with the paraduma? I get questions, what's the deal with this? Why do you wear this? Why do you wear tzitzes? And I'm a Jew with strings attached. I have all my answers for these guys, right? Why do Jews do this? Why do Jews do that? Nobody, and I'm, I, I, I'm in business I'm, for a long time. No one ever walked to me and said, you know, Wallstein, I was learning the Bible, and what's the deal with that red cow? <laughs> so, so what's Rashi talking about here? It's not true. Rashi's saying that the reason that this is the one that God chose is because the Goyim and the Satan are going to bother us a lot about this. It's not true. They never bother us at all about this. The opposite. They would ask me about the strings and why you can't eat things that don't have split hooves. Who cares, right? That's a chayk. Like, so, so it doesn't have split hooves. So big deal. It doesn't chew its cud. What's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with shrimp and lobster and all these other things? I don't know. The Torah says it. What's the reason? I don't know. I don't know why they have to have fins and scales. That's what the Torah says, right? That, Goyim asked me. Well, they never asked me about the paradum. So what's Rashi, what's Rashi talking about over here? The answer is Rashi knew exactly what he was talking about. What's the Paraduma stand for? The Paraduma stands for that the good guy sort of gets punished. And the bad guy, the guy who's Tameh becomes Tahar, and the guy who's Tahar becomes Tameh. The most questions ever asked about God and has driven some people away from God is why does God do good things to bad people and bad things to good people? That is the main question that drives us away from God and probably the biggest question that Satan ever asks you all the time. But she was such a good girl, why is she sick? So if there's a God in the world, why was there a holocaust with a chosen nation? Why do good people suffer? And, and these bad people, you know, all the Arab states, they're pumping oil at $40 billion a day Israel doesn't have only, only, thing, only oil they have is shemen zayis, olive oil, right? Israel doesn't have, you know, many many things. We don't have gold and silver and, and all these things in, in the earth. And, and the whole world, South Africa has gold and diamonds, and, and the Arab states have oil. And if we're the chosen nation, what's the deal, right? So the question that the Satan always asks us is, come on, if God was really there, why do good things happen to bad people? And bad things happen to good people. That's the biggest question that exists in the world. And that drives us away from Hashem. And Hashem says, for you to understand that, you have to be in the beginning of the world to the end of the world. You have to see, you have to see all the equations. If you, don't see, if you don't see all the equations, you can't know that answer. Moshe Rabbeinu bothered. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, David HaMelech said, I don't understand. Hashem said, you can't understand. You can see my back. That's all you can see. You can't see the reasons for everything that I do. So what Rashi is saying over here, the only chok in the Torah. Right? You can't eat shrimp, you can't eat that. Okay, maybe it's not healthy, maybe it's not that. The only chok in the Torah where the good guy gets punished. The kayin. He found, we, I'm a kayin. We work two weeks a year. That's it. And you know, since I'm a kayin, that's all I do. I only work two years. I'm waiting for the base of me. Just for right now, I'm only working two weeks a year. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But that's what we used to do. Two weeks a year, that was it. With your mishmar. Can you imagine? You know what it was to work in the base of Migdash? You have any idea for a Kayan to be in the Makam Hamigdash? It's it's like the height of the height of the height. Finally, you get there. You have to make sure you're tahar. You don't have a mum. Everything has to be perfect, right? And you get there, and they're like, 
Wallerstein, first day. You take care of the paraduma today. I become tummy. I'm done. I'm like, oh, I, I, I just got here. This is what I'm waiting for. You want me to come tummy today? I just got here. Yeah, you got the paraduma today. No problem. Right? So it seems so unfair. It seems so unfair. So what Rashi is saying over here, the chok that God wanted to talk about is the para adumo exactly. Because that's the chok that they're going to bother you about. The, the sultan's going to bother you. And therefore Hashem says, Gizera melofanai. If you're going to try to figure it out, it's going to drive you away from me because a person cannot figure out. I can't tell you how many things happened in my life that I thought were really terrible and ended up becoming unbelievable just in business where I went after a contract and I didn't get it. And I'm like, Hashem, I don't understand. You know, what do I do with my money? I send kids to Yeshiva. Why didn't I get this contract? And then at the busiest time of the year that I would have had the contract, Caldor went bankrupt. They would, have, they would have beat me for $3 million. And I thought I had that contract. And to the day, the buyer told me, you got it. For me, at that age, when I had this contract with Caldor, it was $3 million, which was to me like, I'm going to be driving in a coupe, you know, with the top down. I mean, this is like amazing. I'm going to Florida for 10 days. $3 million. What a deal. And I asked my father to daven for me, and he said, no, you're not allowed to daven for a deal. You're allowed to daven that if it's good, it should happen. You can't daven specifically for a boy. I want to marry that boy. Maybe the worst thing you ever did. If he's good for me, you always have to put that in. Because if you daven for something, even if it's not good for you, it could happen. The power of tefillah is unbelievable in Pasha's Karach. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, please don't listen to Korach. Why would Hashem listen to Korach? Korach was going against Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu, Davin, don't listen to his prayer. Why do you have to Davin? He was going against God. And the answer is that even though he's going against God, his power of prayer, prayer, can, 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 break, can, can do the worst thing to you. You can push, push, and push till you get, it's not good for you. You ask for it enough time, it's sort of like nagging, you know? You need it after a while, okay, here. I'm saying, but it's on a level. Tila, no, it's not from nagging. It has such a class that you can daven for the wrong thing. So you daven, this guy, I really want to marry him, and I really want to marry him, really marry him, even though he's not going to be good for you. Hashem will give him to you. What do you mean? How, why are you giving it to me if he's not good for me? Because you didn't say if it's good for you. You said this is what you want. You know what? I'm your tati. You want, you want, you want. Okay. Please be very careful. So this, I was after this, this order. I was like so excited. And I told my father's name to swallow. I'm like, Dad, please. It went all the way up, all the way up. The buyer said, You're getting the contract. I remember I ran home, I was like, it was the biggest contract. $3 million! I don't want to tell you the profit margin, because then all the people I sell to them say, ooh, he's making too much money. Nice profit margin. I was so excited. So the buyer, he says to me, okay, we're going to send you the, the contract. I'm like, okay, we're done. It's amazing. And I told my father, please down for me, he wouldn't. Anyway, like 48 hours later, I get a phone call from the buyer. Steve, I'm really sorry. But something came up. I'm like, oh, man, what now? He goes, you need a better price? I was ready to do anything. Three million. He says, no, it's a very big contract. So I took it to the CEO, the head. And when he looked at the contract, he said, oh, plastic bags? Um, I have a relative that's in this business. Let, let's check out. Maybe we can get a better price. Of course, he gave my prices to this guy who came in a little bit lower. I didn't get the contract. I called up my father. I'm like, you didn't dive in? You, if you would have dive in... The contract was ready to be signed. Look what happened. It's like you're not allowed to daven for something specific. Maybe it's not good for you, Mike. Not good for me? Okay, you give me the $3 million, and then, we'll, then, we'll, then it'll be good for me. Make a long story short, that year, Christmas time, which is our biggest season because we sell plastic bags, it's three-quarters of our season, they ordered a lot of stuff from the other guy, and they went bankrupt. And they went bankrupt. and didn't pay anybody. 
already gotten on three million on, on three. I would have lost three million dollars. Would have given me three thousand dollars. Would have broken my business. I would have lost everything. So that's not the hakaras atov. Hakaras atov is not when you see at the end of the story that it was bad for you. The hakaras atov is when you lose a contract. You're like, if I lost this contract and you love me, then I know Hashem. That it's not a good contract for me. I don't understand that. Of course, the tov is the recognition, even in things that are not good, mm-hmm. that it that if you that it's my father, it's my God, and He loves me, and therefore, even if it doesn't look good right now, I accept that there's some good in there. There's something good in there. So that time I got to see it, and sometimes I see girls that are very broken, and you know, the tenth date, the guy said no, and they're like, I can't believe this, and then later on, that boy, right? Later on. He's not a good boy. And the girl that married him is not in a good place. And he, she's sitting in my house and she wants a divorce. And I'm looking at this boy and I'm saying, how lucky this girl was. Right? But So now she's like, oh my gosh. What a, what a guy. I'm so happy I didn't marry him. I said, that's not that cross the toe. Across the toe is when he turns around to you and says, you know, you're really nice. And we should, be, we can, should continue to be friends. But you're not really for me. You know. And you're like, I don't need more friends. <laughs> I didn't date you to have a friend. Right? And you call him your tzibrochen. HaKos HaTov is like a Kosh Baruch if you, If this didn't work, then it wasn't good for me. It's a very high level. So that's, that's the chayk of Paraduma. And that's why it's such a hard chayk. Because, because if we would just have a pool here of girls, and I would say, what do you think? You would say, it's not fair. He, he, he's a good guy. And, and why, is he being, why is he becoming Tomei? And, and the answer is, it's not, it's not for us to understand. Now, I'll, I'll end with this, and you'll say the poem. Somebody from England, who, who on my phone, he's called the Dvar Torah from England, from London, who, he's a big tzaddik. And every once in a while, he sends me, like, unbelievable Dvar Torahs. So he, called, he called, left me a message today, and he said something else in this Rashi. And it's really, really, really very beautiful. So he said like this. He said, we say in, uh, I think it's in Mayra, Hashem, remove the Satan from in front of me and from behind me. How is the Satan behind me? How is he in front of me? So it says that before a person does something good, right, and they want to do a mitzvah, so the Satan comes to you and says, you, you, you watch television, you watch movies, you talk to boys, you have an iPhone, and you want to do a mitzvah? Come on! You don't deserve to do a mitzvah. And what do you think that mitzvah is going to help you? Ah, you're so bad it ain't going to help you. That's milafanehah. Don't do the mitzvah. You're like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to burn it. How many times? Rabbi, I'm going to burn anyway, so I'll burn a little bit more. T.A. <laughs> Tahara says it all the time. I'm going to burn anyway, so I'll burn a little more. No. One second in your hand and one second. We don't, is all the pain in this world put together. You don't want to burn more, that's for sure. Anyway, we don't burn. Hashem doesn't burn, his, Hashem doesn't burn his children. So, right, so, so he, he's like, who are you? Like, come on. Do a mitzvah? Who are you? Daven Hashem? You can make a bracha? Like, you're going to bless Hashem, you little worm? You're going to bless Hashem? God needs your blessing? Come on! Go watch your movies. Now, Melachreha, Melachreha, right? He says, ooh, Tadekista, look what you did today. Okay, you did so much good, you could do a little bad. He plays both sides. So if you don't do if he gets you not to do it because 
who are you to do it? It's not going to help you anyway. So then he doesn't have to bother you anymore. He got you. But let's say you don't listen to that. And you're like, I don't care what you say. I'm doing it anyway. So then he comes from behind you. And he says, come on. Come on. What do you need to do this for? You don't need to do this. You don't need to be good. You're so good. For the last 10 years, you've been good. One little Vera. Not going to do anything to you. That's, he works both sides. Also, also he has another. He's got all kinds of games. He's got another dangerous game from behind you. So it says by Avram Avinu that after Sarah died, right? So Avram Avinu cried over her death. And when I remember when I learned this, I was like, I can never teach this to women because they're going to be very upset. Because the word liphosa that he cried is a little teeny chaf. And the Mephoshim say he didn't cry a lot. He cried very little. What do you mean he cried very little? What do you mean Avram cried? He didn't love her? He went to the Leviathan and he didn't cry? You're going to miss her? Like, what's wrong with him? So Chazal say, no, no, no. He was very close to it. He really wanted to cry. He specifically, that's why the little chaf, specifically cried very little. Why? Because why did she die? Because she heard about that Kedas Yitzchak. So he comes down from that Kedas Yitzchak, and everyone's like, you know, your wife died because of what you just did. You know, she went into shock when she heard that your son was on, on, on the Mizbeach. Do you know what you did? You killed your wife. Because of you. You think serving God and doing the right thing? What could you do? So, if he would have cried, it would have shown that he was sorry that he did the Akedah. So he specifically cried very little to say, I don't feel bad what I did. That's why he cried very little. And it says that had he cried, in other words, if you do something good and you feel bad that you did, you do this girl a favor and then she stabs you in the back and you're like, I wish I would have never done that for her. They erase what you did. You didn't do it. If a person feels bad about a mitzvah, they erase the mitzvah. Because if you feel bad, then you didn't want to do it, it's erased. And that happens, that happens to us many times. I took a boy, he didn't go to Minion for a very, very long time. I finally got him to go to Minion. He comes out, he has a ticket. He has a ticket. He was like, ten, from 10 to like 11.30, it's 10.02, he comes out, she wrote the ticket already. He's like, I'm never going to Minion again. Look what I get. I finally come to Minion. Look how Hashem awards me. The, the middle, she had to be there two minutes, right? And I'm like, it's the Satan. And if you say that you're upset that you came to Minion, finally I got you to come to Minion, he erased it. So if you think that you did a mitzvah, it's yours, it's not yours, unless you, no matter what happens, you don't feel bad about that mitzvah. Melachre means after you did the mitzvah, don't feel bad. I did this for this girl, and look what she just did to me. She just spit me in the face. I wish I would have never done this for my mother. I wish I would have never done this for my kid. Look at her, right? Then you didn't do it. You know, I did this for Hashem, and he, I wish I didn't do it. I wish I wasn't from. Then all your from kind to that point is gone. It's not like you have it. It's gone because you said you don't want it. That's Melach Reha. So he learns this Rashi. Listen to this. And we'll end with this. He learns this Rashi like this. Lefisha has satan minus Yisrael loymer. Right? He says, He says, Therefore, The Torah writes it, Now remember, we said, So Rashi is saying here, that answer the Satan, he's saying, you, don't, you're, you do this Aveira, you do that Aveira, where do you have a right to do mitzvah? It's not going to help you anyway. He says, that's what we're answering him. Milifanah, right? Gizera milifanai. You're right, Satan. You know what I'm saying, right? Who am I to do a mitzvah? 
But it's Xerah. Hashem said I have to do the mitzvah. No matter how bad I am, no matter how many movies I watch, no matter what Averis I did, I have to do the mitzvah. So Milafunai, Milafunai, when the Yitzhara comes in front of him, answer him, you're right. I'm a this and I'm a that. You're 100% right. Well, I don't have a choice. Hashem said, Xerah Milafunai. Hashem said, you have to do it. So that's how you answer the Yitzhara before you. But how do you answer the Yitzhara after you, right? When he says, you're a tzaddikist, you're great. So he says, oh, he says, after you do a mitzvah, you don't have permission to think about after you did the mitzvah. Oh, I wish I didn't do it. You can't, there's no, that's what Rashi's saying over here. What's the problem afterwards? Afterwards, you did the mitzvah, he's going to get you to feel bad, and the mitzvah's gone. So that Rashi is saying that before, when he's trying to talk you out of it, you tell him, excuse me, I'm really sorry, but it's not up to me how bad I am or not. I have Xerah, I have to do it. Afterwards, when he comes to you and he says, come on, look, look at this. Look what you did, you're such a tzaddikista, you don't have to do this anymore. Or, look, look, what you, look what you got for this, you know, this person hurt you. After you do the mitzvah, there's no foot process afterwards. You did it, you go on. That's what Rashi's saying. That's going to protect you from the Yitzhahara. Milafaneha and milachreha. That will protect you from before and that will protect you from afterwards. And this is all based on Akar Satov. Akar Satov is the ability to see the good and not be busy trying to figure out the bad. It's to be able to pick out the good from the bad. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the mitzvah paraduma. Because at the end of the day, and, and, and this is a fantastic thought. So I'm teaching you paraduma and you're all thinking like, you know, it's very nice, Rabbi, but it's like really not fair. <coughs> right? It's really not fair. But how come it's fair... That water has the power to take someone impure and make them pure. We're always thinking about this guy. Like, it's not fear. He's the good guy. But it's amazing that this guy is Tomei, and we're getting rid of this Toma by sprinkling some water on him. So we're, ne- we're never thinking about, like, well, it's really not fair that the Tomei guy becomes tar just because he's sprinkling some water on him, right? So that's also not fair, sort of. But we, don't, we, don't, we never think about that part. We never think about God's good. Right? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I had to go to this funeral today. Did you hear this tragedy? You hear what's going on? Nobody ever goes to Maimonides on the floor where babies are being born to walk through and see all those babies. And there's a lot of babies being born in Maimonides every day. Right? And saying like, well, there were, there were 20 Leviathans and there's 240 kids that were born here today. Nobody goes to see God's good. Nobody goes to see God's good. We're all very busy because that's how the news sells us into all the bad that's going on in the world. But no one stops to take some jasmine and smell it and see God's good. Nobody goes to a fruit store to see God's good. We're always looking at God's bad. And that's Hakar Satov. Hakar Satov is recognizing the good to start to focus on the good. And the way to focus on the good is, is you, you have to focus really first on your good. And that, I write a little bit about that. If you're, if you're very hard and you only see the bad in yourself, you're going to see the bad in everybody else's world. You need to spend some time with yourself and to find your good. I criticized someone today who was always telling me the dark side and the deep, you know, someone did something good, but what's driving it? Probably selfishness or some other reason. I'm like, no! No! It's not always driven by something bad or covered. You know, this guy helps people because 
he likes to be recognized. Come on, no, there is such a thing as good. There's such a thing as there is such a thing as good. But if you live in a world where everyone's bad, bad, the news is bad, everything's bad. All you hear is bad, bad. So you, 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 so you and yourself, you don't look at the mirror. You have to nothing. You have to look in the mirror and say, "Wow, this morning I said, Modani, I have God in me. I am Adama. Who knows what's going to grow for me today? Who knows what I'm going to do? I am good. Is there bad? Yeah, there's bad. It's part of it. But there's good, and nobody focuses on their good. That's why everyone's depressed." And everyone's on pills, and everyone needs to put crazy music in their ears to make them happy. And it's all chitzonius. It goes into your ears. It doesn't go into your heart. That music definitely, I've listened to it. It better not go into your heart. You'll have a heart attack. It'll blow up. <laughs> People screaming at you in your heart. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it rhymes. Okay, so fine, you know? But, no, seriously. So you, you, the, music is, the music has to come from your heart. The music has to go into your heart. And we live in a world that is so down. And so depressed. And every, every good thing has a reason why. It, it, we'll look into it and we'll find something bad about it. That's not a curse at all. And you, you live a different life and you're happy. And everyone goes through stuff. Don't tell me. I'm not telling you. Of course, everyone goes through stuff. But, you know, stop and smell the flowers. Isn't there something like that or a poem yep. or something like that? Stop and smell the flowers. Stop and look at the colors. That's a curse at all. Paraduma we don't understand. And... It's a chayk, and Hashem says, The whole Torah is really a chayk. The whole life is a chayk. And you just have to accept it. And you have to accept it with love. Because at the end of the day, yeah, if you don't get it, it's because it's going bankrupt. Something's going bankrupt down the line, and it's not good for you. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.